welcome to episode number 263 of Destination Linux. Whether you're brand new to open source or a guru of sudo, this is the podcast for you. My name is Jill. I'm Ryan. And I'm Michael. And also with us just off camera, but piped in direct from our 60,000 square foot virtual sta stadium, aka Jitsi Room, is a is our glorious community of fact-checking, ego-busting patrons. Woohoo! Welcome! So on this week's episode of Destination Linux, we're going to talk about communication platforms on Linux. Which ones have the best features and which ones should we be flocking to? Then we're going to talk with Philip from Manjaro to get the scoop on some new awesome Manjaro hardware on the market. Plus, we have our tips, tricks, and software picks. All this and more coming up right now on Destination Linux to keep those penguins marching. So this week in our community feedback, we got an email from Anonymous. They say, hello, Destination Linux team. As a longtime listener and Linux user, I have really enjoyed the shows you all host for several years now. The lighthearted yet thoughtful and informative conversations are always a bright spot on my week. Thank you very much for that. That's very nice. Mm -hmm. I'm currently an anesthesiology resident, so my time outside the hospital is limited, but I wanted to give a shout out. Uh, shot. Nice. Ryan, nice one. Shot. Get the shot. Get it. Yes. The, Michael, come on. That's a He's dad a doctor. joke. No, I get it. I get it. I was, just, I, was, I was judging your ability to read. Oh. <laughs> well, he wanted to give a shot at contributing back with some logo <laughs> concepts. <laughs> I could read, Michael, most of the time. I, okay. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. hooked on phonics, the graduate, sir. So <laughs> don't you. Anyways, he goes on to say, attached is an Inkscape file, so he sent several logo designs for the logo contest that we have out there, which both are going on right now. We have one for Linux Out Loud in the Linux Saloon. Mm -hmm. um, so we have a Saturday lug fest now that you can join called the Linux Saloon. We got a logo contest for that, and DLN Extend is now Linux Out Loud, and we have a logo contest there. Lots of people in the community have contributed for art and things out there, which is just awesome. So thank you all so much for sending all of your art in. It's great to have so many options that we're feeding through. And Jill, even your own husband drew us a custom picture that we could sure use did. for that, which was pretty cool. So you got family <laughs> members getting involved in this, which is pretty nice. And also there was another great comment that is part of this feedback that he didn't read. But what it says is, P.S., for the record, we use stools all the time in anesthesia to help with ergonomics during uh, nerve blocks and other bedside procedures. Maybe Michael should consider a career in anesthesiology. And I think that's a very important point there, Ryan, that there's stools a point. are helpful for ergonomics. They're <laughs> very a, helpful, in fact. There's a reason I didn't read that part, Michael. I took that out of the show and out of the email. And you, sure, and I you put it back. Commanded <laughs> to put it back in there. Uh, because there's a use case for stools. What he didn't tell you is he does anesthesiology for children, and thus that's why he has a stool. Oh, I see. That's, that's how that adults works. Adults use chairs. Uh, you see, mm -hmm. not, sure. Uh, you yeah. try. You you keep trying. No, I actually I have medicine on my on my side now. You have medicine. <laughs> I have science. Science. And also, um, Michael does knock me and Ryan out whenever he is using his stool. Especially every time he asks for us to be quiet to record a room tone during show setup. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Got him, Jill. Got him. 
It's it's th- it's back there right now. Technically, I'm not using it. You can't. You, yeah, we but, know yeah. technically you're not using it because you literally never use. The no, thing. no, no. It's for ergonomics. It's the whole point of ergonomics is that you move around. You don't sit in one particular posture. You 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 change it up, and that's how it's the best. Uh, I, I learned this because in order to have this conversation, so that you, when I I can defend why I have a stool. So let's. let's <laughs> Well, listen, we love hearing from our worldwide community, <laughs> and sometimes I will edit things, and Michael will put them back, as you can see, but either mm-hmm. way, we want you, what we want you to do is get your official deal in mug, fill it with some coffee or bubbly, sit down on the nearest stool, and send us an email at comments at destinationlinux.org, and I guess if you're in the medical field, you're going to be sending us a email from a stool very often. Also, you're going to pull up a stool when you go to the <laughs> Linux saloon, so in many cases where that's useful. Yeah, stools oh, yeah. are just surrounding us Absolutely. all. Absolutely. And if you want to join in the community discussions, then join the DLN community forum by going to dlmforum.com. This episode of Destination Linux is brought to you by DigitalOcean. Now's the perfect time to dive into DigitalOcean. Their new app platform service helps you build modern cloud-native apps for way less money. With that platform, you can build, deploy, and scale apps and static websites faster and easier than ever using a simple, intuitive interface. This week, Michael, there was this big thing that happened where a potential root bug had crossed into Linux, and we needed to get this fixed really quickly. What's great is I was able to utilize the interface within DigitalOcean to run those updates on the servers very, very fast and efficiently. Just one of the many ways that they make things so easy on DigitalOcean. All you have to do is simply point app platform to your GitHub, GitLab repository, and let it do all the heavy lifting. Whether using Node.js, Python, Go, PHP, Ruby, static sites, Docker, container images, it does it all. Plus, it's built on top of DigitalOcean Kubernetes, providing a smoother migration path so you can take more control of your infrastructure and setup as well. What you need to do right now is go to do, so you're going to type do.co slash dln. And what that's going to do is tell them that we sent you there. You're from the Destination Linux community. And as a result, guess what they're going to do? They're going to give you a $100 credit by going to do.co slash DLN. And that $100 credit can go a long way. Whether you're going to do $5 droplets or giant droplets, you're going to get 100 bucks. do.co slash DLN. And we want to thank DigitalOcean for sponsoring this episode of Destination Linux. So up next in the show, we're going to be talking about something that is, is very important, and we've we've discussed this on many occasions related to you know how do we create a different like which platforms do we use for the community discussions that we have with our community, with our patrons, with you know just in general, maybe even also some like behind the scenes stuff that we do for creating the show. And there's lots of different options, and we're going to be talking about the like open source communication platforms and what platforms should communities built be built on in Linux and the the ecosystem in general. So whether you support an open source distro application, community member, a gamer, or just look for cool places to hang out, you've probably caught yourself in many different types of options because there's tons of them. I mean, in our network specifically, we have a bunch as well. We have uh, Mumble Rooms, uh, Element Rooms, Telegram, Discord. There's something for everyone involved here. And uh, that sometimes you might be thinking about which one is the best option for me. You know, not everyone is as crazy as us and have all these different options that they want Crazy as you, Michael. Yeah. You. Okay. You're the one who set okay. us up literally on. I'm surprised we're not on TikTok or anything else as oh, well. We are. We are, are on we? TikTok. <laughs> yes. But <laughs> that's not, that's a different kind of, of network. I know, but you know what I'm saying. You sign us up for everything. We're literally on everything. Uh, so yes, when you we are. Yeah. 
So if you're a distro or somebody looking for something specific to build your community in, you know, this topic came up from a Linux saloon discussion. They were talking about Mint, if you recall, a few weeks back. And somebody had mentioned that, you know, Mint is kind of geared towards uh, a lot of new people coming into Linux. A lot of new mm -hmm. people coming into Linux really find Mint attractive or people who are recommending a distro will mention Mint as an option there. And somebody mentioned that they were on IRC and the question came up, should we be on IRC at this point? Because if you're not over 35, I know everybody <laughs> over 35 like me is going to be like, yeah, IRC is dope. It's awesome. But if you're not over 35, you probably not heard about it. And we're talking about bringing new people into Linux or making it so that they can easily get support or contribute back. Is IRC the best platform? Those are some of the things that we're going to discuss here today. So IRC first created in 1988. It's undergone a lot of updates since 1988. There's It has a lot of advantages, like no central authority over who can host a server, which is really important. There was some controversy that happened not too long ago with a specific RC server. Not going to get into the specifics, but someone was able to create another one called LibraChat, and boom, uh, everybody can move over to that. And since there's no central control, you kind of have that option. But on the other side of things, IRC has like a peak usage of somewhere around 48.7 thousand, give or take 20, mm -hmm. 30 thousand if you want. But if you compare that with something like Discord, which has 140 million active users, it's kind of not a really popular platform at this point. It lets you share files, text, chat, and private messages, but there's really no standardization. There are certain servers that will show your IP by default. Some don't let you use VPNs or will block you if you do. So it's not the most secure thing. Should we be promoting RC at this point? I know everybody loves it, yeah. and I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for even asking, but I mean, let's be honest with ourselves here. Yeah, that, that is a good question, Ryan. You know, honestly, I've been using IRC since the bulletin board system days in the late 1980s. Um, I actually got to test it in beta. And, you know, I just think there's always going to be a place for text-only sure. communication. Right? There really is. And IRC is memory efficient and requires low bandwidth and works beautifully on older hardware. It's true. And it also provides focus and less visual distraction. There's no inline, you know, pictures, just links to them. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I actually had my own IRC server running 24-7, actually, quite a few years back ago, just so I wouldn't lose the chat history, which is one of the issues with IRC. As soon as you leave it uh, and come back, you don't have that history in between when you left and when you came back in again. Right. Real-time only <laughs> communication is how yeah. it actually works. Yeah. And that's pretty the, the biggest problem, really. Yeah. <laughs> and to be clear, I sit in IRC rooms for Arch support uh, and help people out that are coming there. I think IRC is kind of a fun place to be. Yes. I just, when I think about the future and we got new generations coming into Linux, is that the place we want to send them? Will that confuse them more than anything else? Does it make us look archaic in a way? So like, hey, if you want support for Linux, go into this text room with no GIFs, images, history, no clear sign or direction of what to do, like, you know, nicknaming through the server is weird. I remember it being weird the first time I went in and I'm like, I'm supposed to sit in this room and type my actual password in it, but other people can't see it. I don't get 
how this all works oh you need to the be in, you need stuff. to be yeah you be in a yeah. specific room just for the nick serve system and then you send yeah. the commands yeah. there and if you go into another room you are sending the data to everyone so you got to make sure which room you're in there yeah. there are different issues <laughs> with IRC it's and not I do perfect. think it I I I actually agree with the idea that it's it's not really modern friendly communication and I, I thought it was an interesting when we, when in Linux Saloon we were talking about how Linux Mint has IRC as their main way of doing uh, help for like real time chat, and that I found that kind of weird because it's meant to be a beginner distro and. IRC is not really meant for beginners. There are ways to do it with like web clients and make it easier to have automatically create nicknames for people and stuff like yeah. that, and but automatically does them, that, which is nice. right, and also automatically put them in the rooms and that sort of stuff. But it still kind of has a an, a, a legacy style, and there tree. yeah, there is a barrier yeah. as well. Uh, so I think that there are other options, and I think that there are you know we have the options of like uh, Mumble, Discord, uh, Element, Telegram. You know all these different things exist. So let's move on and talk about some of those. And let's next let's talk about Mumble. So for those who aren't aware about Mumble, Mumble is a VoIP program. It also has text chat as well, but it's mostly for uh, voice communication and that sort of stuff. So it's kind of similar to how Discord works, but not exactly. It's more of an alternative to TeamSpeak and uh, Ventrilo than it is to Discord. Uh, but this is a, a application that is open source, and it's been around since 2005, so it's had a lot of development. It's also a a low latency audio codec type of uh, communication. So it has really good quality audio. And it also does this, uh, what I like is that it has the recordings that you can do. Each individual person in the recording can be separate tracks. Yeah. It's such a cool yeah, option. Very nice. Now, there is a little bit of an issue in that it um, it doesn't have noise reduction or like noise suppression depending on what's happening. So if, if there's anybody in the room who has you know, uh, a bad microphone setup or has, you know, a very loud speakers going, there could be some, you know, crazy feedback sounds and stuff like that. So it's not going to be for everyone, but I do think Mumble has a lot of potential for some of those, some of people who want a open source style of like voice communication. Now, this is a test to see if you've really been in Linux for a long time, if you can redo this statement Without with just this prompt, of, this is an example of speaks an I audio press compression code designed specifically for the human speech. Yes. I feel like you that is the perfect test, and the fact that I even have to explain the test and you knew it, and that was not set up ahead of time. This is not set yeah. up, no. that was not set up. But Michael knew where I was going with the speaks thing because you hear it so many times, you uh, end up being able to repeat it. Well, they have a new version 1.4. And of course, you can rent or host your own server. So again, no central control, which I like about Mumble here. Um, and some of they have a new plugin framework that they've built. New general uh, purpose plugin framework has been introduced with this. The range of possibilities from plugin developers to add a bunch of new functionality into Mumble, which I think is a really smart move for them uh, to allow other people to start contributing more in the plugin realm. And then they also added support for Markdown and text chat, user nice. searching, ability to send stereo streams, channel listener options, access restriction notifications, and a nickname changer. So Mumble's not just sitting there like waiting to be passed by. They're adding a lot of neat features in there. But again, I honestly run into constant issues, as Michael knows, where I never save my certificates or oh, yeah, all the time. That's a thing. And so I have yeah. like 900 different <laughs> versions of DOS Geek on I, our, our own DL Mumble server because I switched discos yes. out and it's I never think 
go save my certificate from Mumble when I'm doing this stuff. So <laughs> it's funny because yeah. he'll we'll, we'll do some testing in Mumble and he'll come in and he's like, "Hey, what happened to my settings? Like, I, you need the certificate, save it." <laughs> yeah. like, I have no mod somewhere. rights again, Michael. <laughs> so I don't know what's happening. So it's yeah. that's yeah. you know. That is an issue, and not everybody's going to know that. I mean, by default, it doesn't tell you that you need to save the certificate. You need to know someone who already can like inform you about that situation. So, because all of your settings when you connect to a server is based on your certificate, there's not actually any uh, sign up system or anything. So, when you have a certificate, and let's say if you have multiple different certificates, that can create an issue because you have to switch back and forth between which one you're using for the server. So, it's really the only option is to have a single certificate for everything, which is there's pros and cons to that approach too. (laughs) So, Mumble is great, and there are a lot of cool things about it. Uh, there are some issues here and there. The ability to do stereo streams now was really interesting because someone said you could connect it where you have the new listener channel listener thing where you have one listener on one side of your of your headphones and another room on another side of their headphones so you can actually listen to two at the same time and get and still stay in the conversation. That's that's an interesting approach. That would drive so, me crazy. It, 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 it definitely could do that too. <laughs> but it's cool that, that you can do that. And I think there's a lot of value to Mumble. But, you know... There are some issues too. So let's talk about the the alternative to Mumble that a lot of people are already using, and that's Discord. Yes. It's Which not also open has source. video. <laughs> so let's go on to the next offering yeah. that it's we have. It's not open source. So automatically we can't use it. Is that it? <laughs> it you know, Discord has a lot of advantages. This this it's really well done software. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's why wonderful. I'm not, I'm not here to whisper sweet nothings in the Lynx community's ears. I'm going to speak the truth. Mumble needs a huge revamp to ever yeah. become valid for anybody outside of those who have used it in the past. The noise People who are using alone. it now, they'll use it. People who want to get into a community that's there, cool. They'll figure out a way to use it, but you're not going to get a mass amount of people just using it because it's the greatest platform. They're going to use it because something's already there. Also, real yeah. quick, Real quick, the the mumble thing. Another thing, it does have text chat, but it has the same issue with IRC where it's real time only. It's so real. as soon as you yeah. disconnect, it's all gone. Yeah. And there isn't a way to do a bouncer or, or a web client that's always connected and stuff. That, that's just not possible using the mumble. At least I couldn't find it. Maybe there is. <laughs> and it's hard to read the chat. It's a very small font and you have to you know zoom in on it with another application to see it well like I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <So. laughs> There's some issues there. And, and Discord has its issues too. But as far sure. as the overall design and the want of people to use Discord, I think is very strong, not only based on their numbers of having 140 million mm-hmm. people a month, but also because it's designed very simply. It's easy to sign up for. It's easy to find the communities. It's easy to link people to the communities. You can do video. You can do audio. You can do text. You have you lots do of live streaming, live streaming <laughs> on it. You can do flares and experience points. And people were looking more in these social platforms for these type of features than ever before. Now, you may be sitting there going, I don't like any of that stuff. I just like plain text in the <laughs> terminal and that's it. And I think that's fine. I get it because sometimes all this gifts and everything else going everywhere is madness. But we also have to think about the people coming in and what they're used to. And they're used to things that have are a lot easier to sign up for and have a lot more options for creating an experience in that platform. And I think Discord does a really good job there. With that said, there's a lot of open source software and a lot of distribution uh, developers that have built their communities on Discord, but it's not open source. So I don't feel like that's where we should go. Yeah. I don't think we should be pushing people there. 
And, you know, we were talking about this earlier at a meeting, uh, a meeting we had earlier this week. One of the reasons that Discord actually really took off is the integration with Patreon and creators. So a lot of our, our YouTube networks, um, you know, started uh, on, on Discord because of that reason. Because uh, yes. they can bring their patrons in on different levels. And, and creating new ways to interact with your patrons is really important. I think some of these exactly. open source platforms need to think about that as well. That the the folks who are bringing the communities to the platforms, such as this show or mm-hmm. even a distro, we have to have ways to generate revenues and bring money and support and things in or offer new perks to patrons and platforms that integrate that stuff, make it far easier to want not only want to build there, but to build your community there. But there's a new one, Jill. Yeah. Well, it's not new, but it's in beta. This is exciting. That is just like Discord. I mean, yes. ish. So it's many I- ways. Ish. It's close. It's getting close. It's close. <laughs> I would say just like, because that implies a, you know a lot of overlap. Let me with my hyperbole <laughs> okay. here. Let okay. Me I'm have sorry. Some As you exaggeration. were. As, As you were. were. <laughs> and I'm I'm so excited about this. And I got Michael and Jill to play with this some more this week with me. I know they had played with it in the past, but I was like, you got to look at it again because mm-hmm. I think it's so cool. And it's called Revolt. So Revolt, R-E-V-O-L-T, is an open source alternative to Discord. So think about the potential here. All of those cool benefits we talked about, easy to sign up for, set up, no centralized control, open source, and you get those features in this public beta now. So you can create your own server and community. You can be in a voice chat like Michael, Jill, and I were, and we were talking about the show and kind of doing our preview. And then we could also be in the text chat and start sending messages to each other while staying in the voice chat. So it doesn't, if you change rooms, it doesn't automatically kick you out. It's kind of a stripped down version of Discord, but it's really good, Michael. Like, I yeah. like Revolt. I want to do our next Game Fest and stuff in Revolt. I think Yay. it could work. I think, I think it's worth trying. Yeah, it's worth trying. I mean, at least it's worth, it's worth a try because we we play with Revolt and this week and it, it was mm-hmm. quite good and it can do very similar things that Discord can do. I mean, not everything, as Ryan implied, maybe a little too close, but it is uh, very nice. And I do like the, the benefits it has because it's very similar to, to Discord. I mean, yeah. the visuals, uh, the way it's laid out, the it's very close. So if you've already used to using Discord, you can quickly get started with Revolt. And I think that's a good approach because it means that you don't have to relearn in a whole new system and so it has the same roles structure that it does that it does for permissions of the users and a lot of different similar a lot of different things that it has that are, are similar to uh the discord and i think that's a great approach but i do think that there are some issues with revolt uh there's you know th- there's not a ton of them because there's just like there's no video connections and stuff like that so if depending on if you want an, an like an exact copy of Discord, you're not going to find that. But in terms of community based on text chat and voice chat, Revolt seems like a pretty solid option. The the and and in fact, we created a network channel for the for in Revolt, so you can check it out. We'll have a link in the show notes if you would like to join that server inside of Revolt. Yeah, Yay. I think Revolt is super exciting. It, it was originally <laughs> started in 2019, so it's rather new. It's, again, an open beta. It was started from three students from United Kingdom and Czech Republic, uh, and they were looking for an alternative that had all the cool features of Discord but was open source. And, again, you it, one of the issues with Discord is you've got a central authority over it. A lot of people complaining about censorship outside of just moderation because there's a difference mm. between those two things. They're talking about issues with central controls. If Discord decides to become 
evil tomorrow, then what are you going to do? You've already built your community up in this platform. There's a lot of reasons why I think staying away from Discord makes sense. And using something like Revolt would be a much better option. But then, Michael, there's Telegram. And we know nothing about uh, Telegram. Yeah, nothing. we've never used that yeah, except for a lot, a lot of... <laughs> we could have built, built our community here first. Really. Yeah, we we, yeah. we started on Telegram as like the way we did our community stuff. And also, even our uh, behind-the-scenes work on making the show, we used Telegram for a long time. And we... We learned a lot of different things about how Telegram works because of this, so we have a lot of experience, and there's a lot of cool stuff about Telegram. I mean, I mean, let's not let's not deny the reality that there's a lot of awesome stuff. Like like you mentioned, gifts, stickers, like all these sorts of things are available and in quick access. And also, I really, honestly, I really love the ability to send a message without activating a notification. That like you can specifically choose that. So if you send it to someone who you think that's probably asleep, you can make sure it's sent, but it doesn't actually annoy them. And you can also do a, a scheduled message for the same kind of reason. And there's just a lot of cool stuff that you can do in Telegram. I think it's a really interesting platform. Yeah. And you can send large files. Like we, we, yeah. we've we sent WAV files. I've sent WAV files to Michael before through it. <laughs> I was impressed with how much it would let you send. <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned the notification system specifically, Michael, because we have Philip on from Ajaro. Mm -hmm. And one of the problems that I had was one time with his new baby, I was messaging him about being on the show and it happened to be in the middle of the night in Germany. And so... This creates problems, right? When you don't have the ability to <laughs> right. time things. And so I accidentally woke him up in the middle of the night when he just got to bed with his new baby and because of this. So that that's an important feature to have and kind yep. of timely since Philip will be on our show uh, today. So uh, Telegram, 500 million active monthly users. So you want to talk about size. This, <laughs> this has absolutely taken the world by storm as far as size they have their own encryption and things in here. They use AES encryption, 2048-bit RSA encryption. However, they have their own custom version of it, and it has been criticized a lot in the security community for being weak. So I wouldn't just trust that on the onset. Also, it is a central authority. So if Telegram decides they're going to start running ads, which there is some rumors that they will start doing that, never in your private chat they claim, but they're going to start doing ads and things to start generating revenue, which I always say, follow the money trail of how these things uh, are going to kind of build themselves, especially when they have that many users. Uh, so you could probably expect some type of ads and things coming in the future. And the amount of bots, speaking of ads, that are out there trying to get you to buy cryptocurrency or do other things yeah, becomes really, really obnoxious. <laughs> I'm guessing yeah. 200 million of the 500 million active monthly users are bots or people who are scamming. <laughs> I would mean, yeah. be surprised. There is a ton yeah. of those. I mean, they, I don't know how uh, how they're trying to manage this or if they even if they're trying at all because it just they just seem to constantly show up in groups and they send you direct messages to just annoy you. <laughs> I know. And if they ask you a question that is like personal related, just ignore it because it's definitely a bot and and yeah. they don't even they don't even pretend to hide anymore. But uh, the <laughs> thing the thing about Telegram is that it is a interesting combination of a very good user experience with having different cool features and all sorts of stuff and then at the same time 
one of the worst platforms to use if you care about privacy in any way whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So this this is not a thing about like you know, but it's a, advocated by privacy yeah. enthusiasts, which cracks me up at the it's, same time. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Yes, and this is not a you know soapbox to talk about privacy necessarily, but this is just to say that Telegram has one instance where it is private in any way, and that's the uh, private. They call them private chats or secret chats. And those are when you are talking to someone who's also on a mobile device. Again, it's mobile device to mobile device. Very specific places where it's actually encrypted. Mm. Every other piece, it's all just basic plain text that goes on their servers. So if you're in a group or any kind of group, if you're in um, you know, a public channel or any of those things, or just even a regular conversation with someone directly on a desktop, then it's not encrypted, it's not private. But I do like some of its options, like the ability to delete history of a chat. Like if I was having a chat with you, Michael, and I wanted to delete the history for you and me, I can do that. I can actually delete your side of it as well. So it does give you some privacy controls. But yes, it's not the privacy solution everybody should be looking for. Also, it's only partially open source. They said that they were going to release their server-side code since 2014. They've yet to make good on that promise, so it's kind of a hybrid open source, but not really thing. I guess kind of like snaps in a way, partially maybe. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. is that too far? Did I jump too far? <laughs> no, you. It's not. I feel like not, I wasn't going to get enough hateful email, so I yeah, you throw that. You're not uh, going to get enough hate in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, I mean, technically, yeah, the Snap Store is the server itself is. Uh, is is, pre- is proprietary or closed or whatever, and the same thing is true with Telegram. So uh, I guess in a way, it's it's kind of true, you know. Send your emails to Michael. My no, name no, no, no. Yeah. Ryan, by the way. Ryan, Michael, said it. Ryan, said- <laughs> or or you can spam Michael with lots of hello messages. On there you Telegram. go, Telegram. Well, that that's I just assume they're all bots then, you know, because that's just what yeah. it's gonna be. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about Element. We have we we built our community in Telegram initially. We had mm-hmm. thousands of people in Telegram, but then comes Element, and sure. we have slowly moved things over to Element. I think our community is bigger now in Element than it was in Telegram. It may be. Yeah. It's it's thousands yeah. of people in Element. Uh, it's completely open source. Uh, it's decentralized. I mean, there's no central authority over the servers there. Um, they claim that Matrix allows for connecting of 42 million plus users over 80,000 plus deploy- deployments, no walled gardens, no vendor lock-in. Uh, you have the ability to have completely encrypted chats. You're not using, like in Telegram, you have to use your phone to sign up for your phone number. You don't have to do that with Element. There's a lot of cool things about Element. The initial sign-up process I would say isn't the simplest. Although when we were going through it before prep for the show, it, it looks like it's gotten easier, much easier yeah, um, than it was in the past. And they That's continue good. to make improvements in Element little by little and adding new features and ability to organize. I'll tell you, my biggest issue with Element straight out is just organizing all of the chats. Mm-hmm. 100% agreed. 100%. I love <laughs> and- Matrix and Element for like many reasons, but that that is not one of them. The organization is a bit notifications painful. are my biggest also, pain. Also, that's another one. Yep, yep. You have to, you know, you adjust them per room and per user. And, and now, as oh, a yeah. user of Element, <laughs> you probably won't have as much of a problem as we do. But you have to remember, we have our own servers. Then you yeah. have external servers, and then we have hundreds of people wanting to message us privately as well. And then we're talking to each other because we actually do all of our show for all the other creators on the network and everything else discussions there. So we're kind of trying to use it as this project management tool as well in a way. And 
you know, it's still growing into a platform that can handle all of that really well. I think it though, this is the best option because of bridging. Absolutely. So when you talk yeah. about, if we wrap everything together here, if you talk about IRC and people who want to still use IRC, and I get that, I hang out in IRC still to this day, but I don't think it's the future, but you can bridge IRC into Element, right? Then you've got Discord. Some people still, despite it not being open source, want to use Discord, but you can bridge Discord into Element. So mm -hmm. if I was a distribution today, if I was doing a new software or setting up a brand new community, honestly, out of everything we talked about, Element's the answer because of the bridging. That's the key to me. Yes. I would say um, with the community aspect of this conversation of trying to create a community and what platform to use, Matrix and Element, it does seem to be the best option because it has all of the important pieces like encryption by default and that sort of stuff, but also being able to have you know private chats and group chats and all the different things that you would you would need for these kinds of things. There's not there are some features that it, it is missing that I wish it had. I wish it just copied a lot of the stuff Telegram did and just bring that in, and then it would be, it'd be mm -hmm. amazing. Uh, but the 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 organizational stuff is the kind of, is the issue that we have. But that's a great point that Ryan mentioned. You're probably not gonna have this issue, but because we have so many things, it just kind of creates it. But they did introduce the new space system, and the new space system does uh, address some of it. Mm -hmm. But there's still a little bit more it needs to uh, do for the organization. But overall, I do think that there is a massive improvements coming. And I, I've since we started using it, which was like year and two years ago, maybe I don't remember exactly. Uh, we it, it has grown a lot in that period of time. So I am happy that they are doing this uh, this effort because it do, it is very important. Uh, I do wish they would focus on the organization one and actually maybe the notifications more because the notifications are a little bit problematic because I actually had to turn them all off for a couple of reasons. Like they. Like if you have do not disturb on your system built, if if you 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 add a you add do not disturb and then you say okay matrix don't disturb me it will do it anyway so like yeah. it kind of defeats the point right so I don't know how they did that but you know if they address these kinds of things I think that matrix slash element has the potential to be the best option bar none right now. It's currently the best option, but you know, I wish they added some features and I know it's silly. It's not important. <laughs> I want gifts and stickers. I, I just do. Okay. You just missed the yeah. days in Telegram where me and you, Michael, would have an entire conversation. And just gifts. Solely by gifts. We've never yeah. say a text thing. It would just be uh, man. We're I, I'm I'm hoping <laughs> in the future they integrate WebRTC. The the audio and video is using a Jitsi extension, and that would be nice if they integrated it because then it would be kind of you know a way to get away from Discord for WebRTC. Yeah, it'd be great <laughs> to have that as well. I, I if if I could choose like what's the next thing I want for them to do, it's really that notification, the sending a message to someone in a scheduled thing or sending uh, without sending yeah. notifications. Like you can guarantee, like the way that we talked about earlier with Telegram, that. That thing is, I think that's the most important because it'd be so much more useful to schedule a message to be going out like in the next two hours or maybe I have a thing I want to send to, you know, in two weeks or something and I just want to, I would put it, you know, get it off my plate and just have it done and let it set, let it be ready to go when it needs to go. Like, you know, just consider yeah. that. But well, I think I Element also, is great. I also posted this question to our community. I received a lot of interesting comments here. Just real quick. Brandon mentions, except for IRC Matrix and Telegram, 
All of the options require infrastructure and new accounts. Many devs settled on IRC because of existing services. I think that's a good point. It was out there. Mm-hmm. It was something that they knew and set up. Uh, El Tuxo replied from user perspective, IRC or Matrix will do just fine. Uh, AK2020 and Herald both mentioned liking Telegram, but the advantages of bridging makes Element kind of the key, which is very similar to what we've kind of settled on here. Others mentioned we should avoid proprietary software like Discord. X3 and Boys said, I think Matrix, IRC, and Telegram bridge them all and it will work. And then overall, honestly, though, IRC was the most popular suggestion for people. And I think that's just because... They're been around so it. long. It's been around forever. Yeah. Uh, followed by Element there. There's a couple more, and there's probably a hundred more that we haven't mentioned. I know we're going to get a lot of comments. What about, what about, what about? Yeah. Um, there's Signal, <laughs> there's Mattermost, there's Rocket Chat Rocket and Chat. things out there. I don't think anything that we've said that any of these, Mattermost to me is more of kind of for project management, specifically internal company communication. Yeah. Mattermost and Rocket Chat are both like a private internal yeah. approach. And I think that they're both really interesting and really good. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they they have a lot of cool features, and they also there's some pros and cons to both of them. But the, it depends on which one you need. But for a community that has like a public access for anybody to join in, I have joined certain communities that have Mattermost or Rocket Chat as their their platform, and I got to say, it's just not convenient because you have to create a new account for every single one of those because there's no federation. Like, well, Rocket Chat does have federation sort of, but it it requires the people who run the instance to set up all the federations and you have to have a, you have to have an account on a server that is part of the federation and there's no way to know what that server might be and you know, it just creates a little bit of a hassle, but I do think Mattermost and Rocket Chat are really good for what they are for, but they're not really for this particular conversation. Uh, but you mentioned Signal, and we have to talk mm-hmm. about Signal. We do. It's it's, it's a requirement. It's You can guarantee, we, in the live chat, we already have people going, what about Signal? What about Signal? <laughs> so, good point, live chat people. We're going we're gonna to talk about it. Signal is awesome. There are so many great things that I love about Signal. The only thing I don't like is that you have to attach your phone number to it. Your and phone number. There's yeah. no way to do outside <laughs> of that. So, it kind of restricts it from not being a community thing because like I, I I don't mind people having ways to contact me but I don't want to have my phone number just publicly out there anywhere anyone to see because that's just not great for privacy mm-hmm. and you're talking about a platform specifically made for encryption and privacy it's kind of weird so if signal solved that piece it would be amazing and it would probably be the solution I mean there's a yeah. lot of great stuff mm-hmm. about signal so that one little piece kind of holds I, it back. I, I love it. Signal. I think it's fantastic. Uh, it's also central authority, though, again. So Signal could go evil, and then you're kind of stuck with this. Uh, it's Fair tied enough. to your yeah. phone. I do love that you can integrate your other messages with it. So like on Android, if you install Signal, you can say, hey, I want all of my instant messages, even if the other person doesn't use Signal, to kind of come through Signal. Uh, but you're not, of course, gaining any of the privacy of encryption and things that Signal's doing with those messages unless the other person's on Signal as well. I think it's a cool platform. I think it has lots of great features. I like it. Would I build a community out there on it? No. I would probably still stick with Element. Yeah. And also the the fork of se- Signal Session. I think you made a video about yeah, Session, session. right, Ryan? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Session's really cool. It's a fork of it, far more private. They're still working on uh, issues that they're fixing because it's kind of in a beta uh, but it's getting better and better week over week, very similar to how we're talking about Revolt here. So it's something in the works. So there are people who are taking these really good platforms and really good ideas, but they're afraid of that central authority, which 
we should be because look what's happened to us with all these companies that control stuff and trying to figure out how do we federate this or make it so that anybody can pop up instances also helps with things like, you know, freedom of speech and people who want to talk about certain things are allowed to uh, because you can create your own environments, your own rooms and stuff like that, which I think is neat for these alternative options there. And of course, you would have moderation that's still there uh, for the people who want to keep things on topic and stuff. But it just allows for a much more open and free environment when you're building a community. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that we could kind of summarize the whole thing of saying like, there's a lot of pros and cons to all of the different platforms. So there is not a perfect solution for any of these. They're, they're all, you got to choose which one is the most important for you. What features do you want? What features do you need? That sort of thing. And also, do you care about encryption and not or not encryption? And like, that's a very important piece, depending on which platform you go to. So it just depends on what you want. But I guess I can say probably for all three of us, at least for myself, for sure, that element is probably yeah. the go-to. Element and Revolt El- are going to be my go-to. Element Revolt, I'm gonna, yeah. I want to game on Revolt, and I want to hang out and talk <laughs> with people on Element. And that's, I think those are my two picks, for sure. Yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the thing about Revolt, though, I think it, I don't know if it has federation. I, I don't know if it does. But I th- it's not decentralized. You can throw up your own uh, instance yeah. if you want to. Like you can do a server on their instance or you can make your own instance, but I'm not sure if it's federated yet or if they have plans to doing federated. So that's just keep that in mind. But I agree that Revolt sounds like a great uh, alternative for Discord for people who want that. And Element, you know, we already talked about that one mm-hmm. quite it a bit. So. Sold. Woohoo, Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the fourth Matrix, right, Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> it was good. I've seen it. I've seen it six times now. I love the new Matrix. It's not as good as one. Nothing ever. Why did you get me on this soapbox? I don't this know. Is like just... single click, double click. Why did you have to mention <laughs> Matrix Four? I love that movie. I know a lot of you in the comments don't like it, but I liked it. Okay, I liked it. Shut up, everyone. <laughs> but. Anyway, so we're going to go from the matrix where you can, you know, take the blue pill, the red pill. Uh, I think that you need to make sure you take the correct pill and check out Bitwarden. So you take the Bitwarden pill by going to bitwarden.com slash DLN. Because Bitwarden is an awesome password manager. It is software that allows you to have peace of mind, knowing that your online accounts are secure. So Bitwarden provides tools like a secured vault to store your passwords, an auto-generator to create those passwords, and even automatically fills in those passwords on login forms so you don't have to do any of this stuff. Plus, it has access to many different types of devices. So you have web browser support, mobile apps, desktop applications, and even on the command line. Plus, Bitwarden seals and encrypts your private data with end-to-end encryption before it ever leaves your devices so you know you're the only person with access to your data. So go to bitwarden.com slash DLN and make the smart move like many from the community have and create your account right now. And also check out their premium accounts because it less less than a dollar per month. That's right, less than a dollar per month gives you one gigabyte of encrypted file storage, two-step login with YubiKey, U2F Duo, Vault Health Reports, Bitwarden Authenticator for temporary one-time passwords, priority customer service, so much more that you can benefit from having such an awesome platform. So check it out. Go to bitwarden.com slash to get started with your account. And thanks again to Bitwarden for sponsoring Destination Linux. So today we would like to welcome Philip Mueller back to Destination Linux. Woohoo! Philip is the Manjaro project lead developer, and today he has some wonderful news about new hardware that's available for Manjaro fans. So Philip, welcome back to the show. Nice to having me. Yay! So we're going to start off. Let's talk about this new piece of kit, as Zeb used to say, one of our former hosts here on Destination Linux. 
It's a mini PC from Minis Forum. Tell us how this partnership with the company Minis Forum came about. Well, there was a Valve has this article about, hey, there is uh, the new Steam Deck. And if you want to develop for that uh, piece of hardware, you might need a development machine. And they recommended the Minis Forum UM700. Mm. And as operating system, it was uh, Manjaro, as we are close to Arch and easy to install. So they recommended that. So uh, we reached out to Minis Forum and said, hey, did you read uh, that article? Uh, what's about uh, doing it for real and uh, make out this new product? So when you when you reached out to them, how has Mini Forums been as a partner to work with? Really uh, helpful. It's uh, they go way beyond. So um, we talked about uh, what we want to do. So I already recommended to use Ubuntu on their uh, devices, and they installed it not, but uh, tested it out. And we are the first Linux distribution they actually partnered up, and uh, we are pre-installed from the factory right away. That's fantastic. Now you've secured a lot of hardware partners like Pine sixty four, Star Labs, Tuxedo, just to name a few. Tell me about these partnerships and how you feel this is contributing to not only Manjaro, but Linux's growth as a whole, because you guys have gone after the partnerships like few others in the distro market have. Well, if you want to have uh, Linux on a desktop, you have to go uh, for the hardware partners and vendors. And this is one of our goals the company is doing. So uh, Manjaro is a company and a community. Since two years, uh, we started uh, to have some aspect uh, doing it also more commercial and every commercial product like the hardware is uh, part of the company and with that in mind we are trying to get more developers paid by the company to do this open source uh, development for us and the projects we might have. And you guys are clearly doing something different here because some of these companies didn't start off necessarily shipping with just Manjaro as their default, like Pine64, for instance. But because you guys have worked with them in such a way that they felt so comfortable partnering with you guys, they kind of made that the default distro and things like that now. So what are you guys doing on the back end that's making it so much easier for these hardware partners to want to partner with you to begin with? Well, we customize it. So we have this OEM project. So if a vendor comes to us, we discuss which desktop environment is the best for the solution. Mostly we offer Plasma because we have Plasma on the Pinebook Pro. On the Pinephone, we have Plasma Mobile. And on this machine, we also go for Plasma. So mostly it is Plasma what we recommend because it's lightweight, universal, and you can do whatever you need. And if it's a commercial customer who wants to do something for their companies, uh, we can uh, discuss and uh, code them special for them if needed. Very cool. Yeah, so th let's talk about the hardware itself. So the CPU inside of this uh, UM700 is the Ryzen 7 3750H, and it has Radeon RX Vega 10 graphics. So it seems very similar to the dev kit on Steam Deck, and you mentioned how it's similar. So uh, it is it is it the same device? Like, how similar is this to the Steam Deck one that they mentioned on the, the dev kits? It is pretty close. I think the, the CPU is a little bit lower than on the Steam Deck, but the graphics are a little bit powerful, or the other way around, I don't remember correctly. But it's the closest as you get with a, a shelf a mini PC, what you can go from the market now. Nice. Nice. 
So, Philip, one of the unique offerings bundled with this device is a free crossover Linux license for the first 1,000 orders of the Desk Mini UM700. Very cool. This is so awesome. So with Crossover officially supporting this device, what are some of the benefits users can expect? Well, Crossover is more or less a more professional platform where you can use Windows applications like Office and other sorts. You can also do some games mm. depending uh, what you want to do. So our product is more for gamer. So um, you can use all the wine tricks and so on and a little bit more and everything what is going to Crossover 1 uh, will maybe land also in Proton so you can have more features before it goes to Proton and test them out there. Mm, nice. Yeah, it's, it's very cool because I think that one of, a lot of people don't know that CoWeavers makes, like they work on Wine, Crossover, and Proton, all of those things, and they share, depending on like wh how, how much time they've had to working on something, when it goes into Proton, when it's in Crossover, and that sort of stuff. So if you purchase Crossover, then you are actually helping fund Wine and Proton at the same time. So I think it's really cool that this is being done, this partnership with, with uh, CodeWeavers to do this thing because then there's a benefit in this, uh, this effort. Like when you purchase the device, there's also the sharing mm -hmm. system, and I think that's just awesome. Exactly. When we talk about gaming and you look at the hardware with the Vega 10 graphics, so I had a different mini PC that also had these Vega 10 graphics, and it's a lot more expensive than this one, by the way. Uh, this is such a good deal, which we could talk about in a second. But the gaming capabilities of Vega 10 with the Ryzen combination here is outstanding. I was playing uh, World of Warships on the Vega 10 before and going well over 100 frames per second and many other games as well. It is, it's fascinating that you have the CPU and GPU integration and can get such good gaming out of it because so many times we kind of think we have to have a completely independent graphics card to really be able to do any real gaming. But this little device, this little device is gonna be able to game and I think that's Sweet. really cool. Speaking of this device though, there is the fact that this device is repairable and upgradable that really caught my attention. This is something personally very important to me. Those who listen to Hardware Addicts know it's something I go on a rant about for so many vendors. Even if it's such a fantastic product, if it's not repairable or upgradable, it's kind of dead to me. This device is very repairable and very upgradable, which makes it really unique. Uh, you can actually put in different hard drives. You can mix and match hard drives, for instance. You can put a 2.5-inch drive in it. You can also put an NVMe M2 drive in this if you want, or have the combination of both. You can switch out the RAM and put new RAM in this device if you want. And it's so small and comes in such a small package that you can mount it on a VESA mount on the back of your TV or monitor. So if you want a really small mm -hmm. kit when you think about potential use cases for this, You've got that. And speaking of it, I'm sure they sent you one of these devices, Philip. What is the use case you're personally going to use this device for? I think people would want to know. Like, what are, what are some of your plans with this thing? Well, it depends what I want to do. So I tested it out as a Xbox replacement and hooked it on the TV. Um, one of the features what we added was a Steam OS uh, interface. So it's the same as you might see coming up in the Steam Deck. And if the Steam Deck UI is coming out, we will switch it out automatically. So it's the old one, what you have on the Steam machines. So first you launch Steam on the desktop. And if that is set up, then you can go out in the Display Manager SDM and select SteamOS. And then you have it in full screen and can use it as a normal Xbox replacement on your TV. Very nice. That, that is very Beautiful. cool. And also Ryan mentioned that it's a very small package and it's right here. <gasps> the, 
Look at that. <laughs> we have one. So they, Philip, they, Philip had them hook us up, didn't he? Exactly. <laughs> Very, it's awesome. Philip, to help, help. So we're going to be doing some reviews about Glad this. I have it here as well. Nice. Yay. What the, I well, thought I have a pretend one here. <laughs> Don't worry, Ryan. You're gonna get to play with it too. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna bring it to you. It's it'll the be the most okay. shocking part though, Michael, is you actually took something that's hardware related out I of a box. I know, right? It's <laughs> when did you start if those who listen to hardware addicts know that Michael will get some brand new computer or something really cool and leave it in the box for days and I don't get this Wait, sometimes like I'm I that's the moment where I get to be like a child again when when there's a box that lands on my front door I run yeah, out there absolutely. I'm ripping it open as I'm walking back <laughs> into the house to get my stuff out but not Michael he's got some I'm weird a very patient thing. person is what he's trying to say yeah. and what so it I I actually opened the box uh, right a few seconds ago, and it was—it's uh, actually really nicely packaged. Uh, so this is what the, it comes in this package right here. Oh, that's nice! Oh, beautiful! Yeah. And it's—it yeah. is very nice. And um, so I just—I just opened it right now, live in the show. So I, I think that's better than not opening it. So at that point, uh, Good job. this is really cool. Uh, I like the fact that this has these like these pieces right here where I haven't actually unwrapped, you can see. But you have these pieces right here that you can uh, hit press down and the, the lid will pop up so you can actually get super easy access to all the components so inside. Nice. Like that is such an interesting approach to that. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah, there lot. we go. Oh, Philip's showing how easy it is just to pop and get inside. Um, imagine yeah. that is compared to some of these other devices that glue, solder, and or utilize special screws to make sure you never get inside Versus a company like this that I, I love seeing this type of stuff where they're actually making it so it's accessible and meant to go inside. And I, I love that. Well, and on the bottom, you have to fill up screw drives and then you can open it up and uh, change the, uh, the hard drive as well if you want. Nice, nice. Another thing I like about this is that this partnership is also a benefit to Manjaro. It's not just, you know, because Manjaro is on there. Mm. It's also there's some profit sharing with Manjaro. So tell us a little bit about that. So with the profit we get out of those deals, uh, we will uh, put it back into the company to uh, make uh, more developers join our company and work on the open source project. So this is more like a win-win for the project as well. So um, more and more developers get full-time employed or part-time if they want so, and this will uh, gain more attraction and make the distribution more stable. This makes me happy. Awesome. So, so happy mm -hmm. because... When you're looking at a piece of hardware, right, you could go into the side of, I want to get the, the best sale or the best price on something because all I care about is that. But then when I know it's actually supporting another project, an open source project that I love, right, then I'm now I feel like when I'm spending that money, I'm getting dual benefit. I'm getting a piece of hardware and I'm making a donation, a small donation to that project. And that mutual benefit, I think, is important because I've seen some partnerships where hardware happens for a distro or the amounts that they have their distro available on it, but there's no kickback. And to me, that doesn't make me want to mm -hmm. buy that hardware specifically because I'm not helping enhance that project. So I think that's really cool that they're doing that. I think this device is really neat. Me and Michael have plans to do a whole series of video reviews on this. So we're going to, Michael's going to take a look at it from his perspective, do some unique things. And he's going to ship it to me. I'm going to do some videos on it on my channel so you're going to be hearing a lot about this UM700 device. Uh, and if people want to get a hold of this device right now, Philip, they can just go onto the Manjaro main page, right? And click on a banner there. Yes, we have this little button on the main page. You can click there and uh, write it directed to the shop where you can buy it. 
It will then send out uh, end of February from Hong Kong. And um, mid this year, we also plan to expand it to the United States via Amazon and so on. So as soon as that available, I will let you know, guys. Oh, nice. Awesome. And Philip, what is the part, the price of, of the new computer? Well, we we started with four ninety nine, and then I spoke nice. to the guys again and said, uh, "Let's make it even better." And we added the eight gigabyte version as well, and it started with four ninety six, a sixty nine. Sorry, that makes it one of the cheapest computers you can buy, bundled um, by default with Linux. <laughs> very cool, and, and you get that code as well, uh, which is very awesome with crossover. And in addition, in a situation where so many people can't even get a console because they're all sold out, and the consoles that are on the market, that they're shooting the prices through the roof and scalping and everything else, this is actually a really... I like the idea you mentioned, Philip, of connecting this to your TV and making it your gaming station because Perfect. it would work fantastic as a gaming console. So if you're one of those people who's run into that issue, that's a really cool use case for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you have some... PS2 controllers or Ooh. Xbox controllers, X1, they all work out of the box, so you don't have to add any drivers. You'd simply connect them and uh, go ahead. Yes. That's nice. The power of Linux and Manjaro. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so thank you so much uh, for your work, Philip. Not only, of course, on Manjaro, but building partnerships with hardware manufacturers to expand the wonderful Linux ecosystem. Those wanting to check out this device can head to manjaro.org and click the banner at the top of the page, like Philip was just saying. So thank you again, Philip Mueller, for joining us. So this week, we got an exciting new release of the Vulkan API, Vulkan 1.3 from the Kronos Group. This is very exciting. So... What is Vulkan, you may be asking yourself? Well, Vulkan is a cross-platform API and an open standard for 3D graphics and computing. And the end result is, especially for those of us who game, it makes gaming on Linux faster and more efficient as it works directly with your computer's GPU and CPU as well. So it is actually very important for Valve's upcoming Steam Deck, for Steam's Proton, and the future of Linux gaming as a whole. So this Vulkan 1.3 release has some awesome new features specifically targeted for the development community but because it includes tools they have been requesting to make Vulkan easier to program and use and more conformant across various devices. And so I wanted to quote uh, something from their announcement that really establishes how important that Vulkan uh, 1.3 release is. In this new phase of Vulkan's evolution, the Vulkan Working Group is taking significant steps to reduce fragmentation across the ecosystem and increase Vulkan's value to the industry as a reliable cross-platform GPU API. We continue to expose new hardware features as extensions while improving the Vulkan API with new core versions that are portable to a wide range of devices. And now with the Vulkan roadmap, we are committing to enhanced transparency and communication to for forge industry consensus on baseline functionality profiles that best serve Vulkan's key markets. And that was a quote from Tom Olson, the Vulkan Working Group Chair and Distinguished Engineer at ARM. 
So, you know, it's Vulcan has industry-wide support from NVIDIA, AMD, Intel, ARM, Samsung, Qualcomm, and of course, Valve. So this, this is just huge news. And on the GPU driver side, NVIDIA actually has released their new Vulcan beta driver version 470.62.22. Look at you, NVIDIA. Welcome to the party. <laughs> yes, which includes a fully conformant Vulcan 1.3 implementation. And, of course, on the open source Mesa side, there are merge requests for Intel ANV and AMD RAD-V. And more so. importantly is that the the Mesa <laughs> side has the Intel and the AMD effort day one support day one with, with 1.3 Vulcan. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So Absolutely. You're getting better, <laughs> NVIDIA, but, you know, come on. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jill. Step up. Step up. <laughs> there's a lot of work here between Steam and all of these groups to really not only improve it for the Steam Deck, which makes sense, mm -hmm. but also for all of the architecture in gaming and Linux. And yeah. when I was playing in the Apple ecosystem with the new M1, I did some videos on it. And of course, one of the biggest things you can't do on an Apple device is really game at all, which is odd. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's so odd that it's so popular and gaming is such a, a yeah, I don't even, such it's not even a secondary thought. It's barely existing, existent yeah. in the Apple realm. Um, but when you look at it, Linux kind of taking that second spot and now building upon that to maybe hopefully take the first spot. Uh, with this type of work is so important. And I noticed you mentioned here in the notes that you're hoping this will speed up uh, frame rates, higher frame rates and things like yeah. that. And specifically so that you could see me destroy Michael and Splitgate. And I was really yes. happy that you're such a fan of me <laughs> and making sure I take okay, that. Okay, so real quick, she's she's put in the notes that she yeah. maybe that we could kill each other in Splitgate, not yeah. that we would be, and that so, you would be no, attacking she was team I will Geek, come out I'm victorious sure because I hid in a bunker. <laughs> evil, evil. I believe it. It's funny because you know we we mention we talk about how Jill is really really into gaming, and we always talk about how you know she sometimes you know gets the best of us and that sort of stuff. <laughs> we didn't really know how how true that was until we played Among Us with her. So Jill, oh yeah, just it's it's like when she were playing Among Us and like and she's when she's being her usual Jill self, and then all of a sudden she stabs me in the back like what just happened, Jill. <laughs> What just happened? <laughs> but Jill can't really I lie. Didn't she just go quiet? She yeah, was that's like that's quiet. how you know if she's the, yeah. if she's yeah, the she's imposter. Yeah, she's not gonna lie to you and be like, no, I'm not the imposter. You're, she's just quiet. She's not gonna say nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it, Ryan and I will absolutely lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on Among Us, to be clear. Yeah, on Among never, Us, never, never yeah. anything else. Not on the not on the show on Among Us. <laughs> Well, I think this is awesome work. I'm always happy to see the Linux ecosystem growing in the gaming because it's a place where I think we could get a lot of attention mm -hmm. uh, from new people coming in. And then, of course, if we have an awesome communication platform as well, like yeah. Revolt and Element, those new people have a cool place to come and hang out. Uh, in our app spotlight this week, there is an app called Decoder that I wanted to touch on. Now, this when I saw this app, it made me think of one of the first times I hung out with Michael at Southeast Linux Fest. Because people were coming up to us and talking to us uh, about different things about the show. It was fairly new that Michael and I were doing the show together, I think, at that point. Yeah. And like Michael started handing out business cards with a QR code on them. Oh, yeah. I did do that. That's true. Oh, you did do yeah. that. Yeah. And I was like, you didn't tell me you were doing that. So I'm sitting there with nothing. I got nothing to hand out. 
Uh, so thanks a lot for that. Well, Mike. I mean, okay, heads up. It's, it's it's not like I was planning to like uh, you know show you up and like say like look how how fancy I am. I wasn't doing it. Just that's just what happened. I wasn't. Well, guess what happened that. the next year? I bought mini green brains with my name stamped on them. So that's what's up. Okay, so yeah, he, st- he showed me up again that time. Yeah. But what but what's cool about the QR code is that when you scanned it, it would play a video of me talking about the self talk that I was going to do and you know things like that and it would change every day every time you scan <laughs> it it would change the next time and the next time so it was it was pretty cool well you so, know what yeah. you use to make a QR code is What's this that? app decoder oh so everyone's seeing QR there, codes see. yeah around you see them in stores nice. now on TV restaurants now use them as their menu which i like cuz oh, menus yeah. are disgusting has anyone ever stopped and thought about how disgusting it is when they hand you menus that other people just got handed mm-hmm. and then people are eating like chips over top yeah. of them? And then it, it, menus are gross. So this whole Food scan a QR code <laughs> to get your menu thing restaurants are doing, I dig it. Yeah, I'm like, I love yes, it too. <laughs> this is much, much better. But all of that's done through QR codes. But you can you can generate your own QR codes now with Decoder. It's a QR code generator. You can scan codes from a camera, like if you have a webcam and things with the app. Uh, you can scan from a screenshot, parse and display QR code content when possible. Businesses with public Wi-Fi can even create barcodes to let patrons scan to get access to that. Of course, you could do your menu thing here. So essentially, the app is super simple. It shows you a QR code that you can uh, copy and utilize on your website or wherever you want to use it. And then below it, you can put a URL right there. I mean, it has more features than that, but that's basic. And boom, if you just do that, you will have a QR code that will send people to a website. It's a cool thing to add a business card. Cool thing for restaurants, of course, and others. So Decoder, it's pretty cool. Check it out. Yep, Yay. very cool. And, and I just realized something, you guys. We don't have a QR code yet for our Michael AI. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jill, I will make it my priority to add that in. Oh, no. Yeah, to oh, the AI. Cause, all right. Yeah. Well, I'm we'll glad that's that. going to come. Yeah, You're yeah, welcome. It's very, it's very important. Uh, also, something else that could be important, depending on how you use your computer, is making sure that your terminal is nice and clean. What I mean by that is, like, I'm a terminal, I'm in a terminal pretty much every day. Maybe it's because I'm messing around with FFmpeg or changing disk usage stuff or just checking that with uh, NCDU like we talked about in a previous episode or running a script that I wrote for podcast production for this show or for Twill. So there's so many reasons I'm in and out of the terminal. This could get cluttered depending on what you're doing. So it could look a bit messy at times where you have a bunch of stuff like results of different commands that you've done. And that's why clearing out your terminal window can be quite useful to some. It's like having a clean slate to work with. This episode tip of the week is how to easily and quickly clear your terminal window. You simply type the word clear and press enter. And that's it. Whoa, what kind of magical incantation is that word? I know, right? This is not removing the history. That's very important. What it's doing is basically just kind of moving everything up from behind it. So if you want to scroll, it's still there and you can get it back if you want to. But it just kind of cleanly moves everything out of the way. So you see like a nice clear. Just all you have is the command line to start to doing some more stuff. Uh, so it's really nice. Uh, but there's also another way. You, I, mean, I think maybe you're like, well, that's cool, but I prefer a keyboard shortcut to use. Well, you're in luck, my friends, with three easy payments of nothing. You can press <laughs> Control L while in the window, and it will you'll watch the wonders of ultra fast clearing. So it'll basically do the exact same thing, except it's just two keys rather than typing the word clear. So check that out. I think it'll be for anybody who has a lot of stuff in their terminal and you want to clean it up really quickly. You will find this that you use this quite a lot. I use it every day. I use this multiple. a lot in tutorials. Yeah. When Absolutely. I'm doing tutorials or online videos. 
you have so much clutter and you want people to pay attention to the next command that you're writing. So simple control yeah. L or typing clear for people who don't want to remember control L uh, will allow you to clear that really quickly. Then it moves the terminal back to the top so that people can focus on the next command that you're typing. So it's really good for tutorials and training as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And for me, it actually satisfies my OCD because I like a clean slate. <laughs> clear and that's another good know, point yep yeah and i use clear all the time especially when i need to start a new command string or get rid of some michael ai yes <laughs> michael ai starts taking over you just, just taking over it too out. much of your system that's right yeah. the qr code actually the qr code made it take over your system that's what happened yeah <laughs> some cool things happening in the community again deal and extend is now linux out loud so they've grown so much they're no longer just an extension of this show they're their own Brandon show. They're crazy over there. They got these crazy people like Wendy and Matt and Nate <laughs> and, and they do their own show and it's amazing and it's fun. And so they're now Linux out loud. That name fits them so perfectly. Perfect. Linux yep. out loud. Yes. Uh, so there's a hundred dollar <laughs> gift card. If you want to help them with the rebranding and creating their new logo, we kind of mentioned at the top of the show, uh, but we've gotten so many submissions in and keep them coming. We also added Linux Saloon to the DL family every Saturday with Virtual Lug hosted by Nate and Steve's very own. And they also have their own logo competition for Linux Saloon, which again, there's so many Western cool things you can do with that. So have fun. That's another $100 uh, gift card you could earn. So head to DL Informs to get information on submitting those. We know we have a lot of artists in the community and appreciate everyone's contribution to that. Also, speaking of contributions, a big thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us by watching or listening to Destination Linux. We are here every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern, dealinlive.com. The best part, everyone is invited to watch the recording of Destination Linux each and every week, and we can't wait to see you in the chat. And we also have our glorious patrons that are here. They get piped in when Jitsi's working uh, to listen to the audio <laughs> in our virtual stadium. But most importantly, they get the after show hangout that we do uh, where we get to hang out and talk about the things that we discussed on the show and then anything geek related because then Michael will bring up Matrix 4 and that will take over the next And it goes into a tangent. Well, Ryan goes into <laughs> yeah. a tangent about the conversation. Yeah, about the yeah, Matrix yeah. 4. <laughs> but there's also unedited version. So even if you do, even if Jesse does have an issue, you can still check out the whole unedited version. Uh, but yeah, the patron post show is one of the best part, one of the best perks of becoming a patron of the show. And also another thing you can do to, to participate and help the show out and, you know, help us create more content is get some stuff from the deal in store you got a deal in store.com just like ryan has the new hardware addicts hat and jill has only 33 percent more jill shirt and there's so much more we got there's t-shirts hoodies mugs stickers uh the desk mats now that are there uh, coasters even so many cool things check it out by going to deal in store.com michael have you seen this hat have i have seen how cool it is look I've at yeah. it okay let me look, look at it Look at it. You can see the circuitry. <laughs> now respect it. Respect yes. it. Okay, yeah, now respect it. Yeah, that's <laughs> well a done. good show. And <laughs> and I have the 33% more Jill artboard behind me too on yes. my laptop desk. <laughs> Look at you. Yay. Love it. Also, make sure to check out all our amazing shows here on the Destination Linux Network. We have the Pseudo Show, Michael's Wonderful This Week in Linux, the Awesome Docs, DOS Geek Channel, Linux Out Loud, Hardware Addicts, Game Sphere and put your cowboy hat on and join our Saturday Lug Linux Saloon. Yeehaw! Everyone. <laughs> Yeehaw! Yeehaw! 
Howdy, partner. <laughs> Everyone head to destinationlinux.network and subscribe to all these great shows. And don't forget to leave a rating on your favorite app so others can discover the power of open source and keep those penguins marching in the full Monty of Linux and open source awesome sauce. Everybody have a great week. And remember that the journey itself is just as important as the destination. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. Woohoo! Hey, did you notice, like, I was listening, Jill has, like, so many mouthfuls of information she has to say, and then we have, like, two sentences. We write for <laughs> we, we have no faith in ourselves to do any hosting stuff, so we just write two sentences for each other. But Jill has two paragraphs uh, to, of stuff Aww. to cover at the end. I didn't uh, notice that. I, I we actually, just believe in you, Jill, that much. Aww. We believe in ourselves that little. <laughs> it's also kind of funny because of, like this part right here, just like this half, I skip it every single time. <laughs> so I don't even Yours use is that. literally <laughs> one line. Like, I like cheese, Jill. Oh, I like cheese. <laughs> I would like to pass it to Jill now who can speak. It's like, Jill, you handle it. Yeah. <laughs> Aww.